Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we do get started, uh, I did want to let you know that... We do have other podcasts. Check out The War at thewar.greatdetectives.net for old-time radio uh, wartime programming from World War II. And uh, the old-time radio Superman show, laserandsword.com. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Pursuit. And uh, there were several lost episodes uh, between last week's show and this one. This one was the first program of 1950 from January 6th, 1950. Here is The Tall Man. Pursuit, and a criminal strikes and fades quickly back into the shadows of his dark world. And then the man from Scotland Yard, the relentless, dangerous pursuit, when man hunts man. Tonight's story, The Tall Man. A brief message from the Ford dealers of America. Clark Daniel, a construction engineer and builder, is one of more than 110,000 owners of new 1950 Fords. He says, When I build, I like to start with a solid foundation. So when I first looked at the 50 Ford, I got right down under and examined its frame. One look told me that this wasn't the frame you usually see under a low-priced car. It was quality. Sturdy steel worthy of America's finest cars. And the heavy-gauge steel of the lifeguard body told me the same quality story. But it was driving the 50 Ford that convinced me that I ought to be owning one. It's a fine car feel that sure makes me glad I picked a Ford. (laughs) Yes, we Ford dealers of America don't want you to take anyone's word for this new 1950 Ford. You can't know how good it is until you test drive it yourself. Any Ford dealer will be delighted to let you test drive the 50 Ford... If you don't know his name, just look it up in the classified section of the phone book. Test drive it for power, for safety, for the quietness, which is its mark of quality. Yes, before you buy any car at any price, test drive the 50 Ford. It will open your eyes to how good a low-priced car can be. Now, with Ted DeCorsia starred as the famous inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard, we bring you tonight's story of violence and murder. Pursuits of the Tall Man. Hello, Muppet. Oh, good evening, 
Inspector Filthy Weatherby. Yes, sir. I do hope your wife is keeping us up a warm. I hope so, sir. At the back of the shop. Oh, thank you, Mother. Don't let the tail here yet. No, sir. All right, let's go in. Doctor. Oh, uh, Inspector Black. I didn't realize the importance of the case. It's nice to see you. Any chance? And the bullet penetrated the left side of the body. No point of exit. Pierced the left lung. Internal hemorrhages. Can he talk? I don't think it'll make any difference now. You can try. Uh. Mr. Jason, I'm Inspector Black. I'm sorry, but I must ask you some questions. Do you know who shot you? No. Can you tell me what he looked like? He was big, dark clothes. You mean a tall man? Yes. I thought he was a customer. Pulled out a pistol? Yes, yes, I know. I tried to reach the alarm. Mr. Jason. Let me see. Uh, Finished. Bad luck. I imagine you want the bullet? Yes. Send it to ballistics, if you will, and and thank you, Doctor. Uh, Burglary details here, sir. Sergeant Fisher. Evening, Inspector. Oh, hello, Fisher. You're a lead, Moppet. Go home and enjoy your supper. Oh, thank you, sir. Come up with anything yet, Fisher? Not much, sir. Uh, At least we shan't have to look far for a motive. These broken jewelry cases, sir. You know, sir, this... All fits into a definite pattern. Oh? Two nights ago, a jewelry firm, Macintosh Limited, was held up and robbed. And yesterday in Greenwich at Huxton House, also a jewelry firm, it happened again. Was there a description of the man? Well, both Mr. Macintosh and Mr. Huxton described the man as tall and wearing dark clothes. Mm, Then it appears that we're looking for the same man in all three instances. I suppose there were no prints. No, sir. No more than here. Well, I don't think there's anything more we can do here on the premises. No, sir. I, uh, I've posted a constable outside for the night. Oh, good. Send in your report as soon as you can, will you? All right, sir. Well, I knew I should have won my galoshes. Oh, I think it's giving up for a bit, sir. Come on. Never mind the battle, thank you. The yard, please. Yes, sir. We knew we were looking for a tall man in dark clothes. Our witnesses had agreed to that. Now we wanted a comprehensive record of every criminal who specialized in jewel theft. In particular, those who stood over 72 inches in height. We wanted the name, history, and picture of every man in our files who answered to those qualifications. From that point, the pursuit of the tall man would progress accordingly. your report? Yes. Yes, Commissioner. We're up against an expert, sir. Uh-huh. Then it's one man? No doubt about it, sir. At least as far as the actual deed is concerned. Witnesses' descriptions, even the man's methods. I see. Uh, here's the breakdown, sir. Twenty-two men of the general description meet our requirements. Now, of these, thirteen are in penal servitude at the moment. Two are waiting trial at Brixton, and of the remaining seven, four are known dead, and here are the other three. Hey, let me see. 
And Jack Peter, 74 and three quarters inches. Uh, unusually tall, eh? All three of them. Exactly. Oh, I think that's about it, sir. It's a matter of identification now. May I use your telephone? Of course. Thank you. Back here. Would you notify Mr. McIntosh and Mr. Huxton that I'd like to see them at my office at nine o'clock tomorrow morning? A routine identification. That's all. Mr. Huxton, sir. Oh, yes, of course. How do you do, Mr. Huxton? Uh, how do you do? Mr. Huxton, have you met Mr. McIntosh? No, I have not had the pleasure. How do you do, sir? Uh, of course, we, we have met before. Well, have a way. Your face is familiar. Well, perhaps at the market, then. Ah, ah, possibly so, possibly so. Yes. Gentlemen, before I ask you to look at these photographs, I want to ask a question. It is our belief that the person who robbed your shops was thoroughly acquainted with the merchandise you had in stock. Now, all of you saw him, of course, at the time of the robbery. But do any of you recall seeing him prior to that? Well, gentlemen... Well, I have my regular salesman, customers, inspector, and of course my drop-in trade, but uh, I can't remember anyone who spent a considerable amount of time in the shop. And you, Mr. Huxton? Well, no, I'm afraid I can't help you there. I uh, will certainly remember him. I see. Would you both step over here, please? Sergeant Market, would you turn out the lights? Yes, sir. Now, gentlemen, I shall run these photographs through this lantern slide. We believe there is a possibility that one of these men is the man who robbed your shops and killed Mr. Jason. Now then, if you see anyone recognizable, stop. And here's the first. Help me, sir. All right. What about this man? Cleaver, sir. Moment, Inspector. Yes, Mr. McIntosh. Uh, have you uh, have you got a side view of this one, Inspector? Yes, Mr. McIntosh. I'll put it in, Mark. Yes, sir. There you are, Mr. McIntosh, front and side. Have you seen this man before? I'm sure of it. That's the man who robbed me. Mr. Hudson? Why, I, I... Yes, I, I think. The lights, Mark. Uh, it's, it's incredible. I beg your pardon. Uh, why do you look at me like that? Uh, oh, I mean no offense, sir, but, but the resemblance between you and the man I picked out is incredible. Even your size. Look here. Are you, are you insinuating that Now, I... now, gentlemen, I'm sure Mr. McIntosh meant no harm. We'd hardly be likely to suspect a victim of a crime now, would we, gentlemen? Oh, oh no offense intended. Oh, no. I'm very much obliged to you both. I'm sure we shan't have to take up any more of your valuable time. Well, it's not my time I'm worried about, Inspector. It's my good. Now, of course, of course, I understand. Well, uh, good day, gentlemen. <sighs> well, now, Moffitt, I think we're getting somewhere. You mean Mr. Huxton, sir? I think McIntosh's identification was no more than a witness's confusion. You might inquire further into his background, however. All right, sir. Although I doubt you'll find anything we don't already know. No, I believe Jack Peavers our man. Uh, let me have that record card, would you? Here you are, sir. Thanks. Cleaver, Jack Cleaver. First arrested June 1939. Connection with burglary. Jewelry House, Sussex. Conviction two years. Jack Cleaver, six subsequent arrests. Following release, no conviction. Jack Cleaver, jewelry, robbery, Swindon, 1947, released insufficient evidence. Hmm. Great many questions and a very few answers, eh, Martin? Well, that had occurred to me, sir. Hmm. Yes. 
First, I think we've got it, Moffat. I think we know our man. Now to find him, eh? Get me a car, would you, Moffat? Yes, sir. Pursuits. With Ted DeCorsia starred as Inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard, continues in just a moment. But first, a brief message from the Ford Dealers of America. More than 110,000 happy owners of the new 1950 Ford will tell you that it's just common sense to test drive the 50 Ford before you buy any car. Ten minutes will convince you that the 50 Ford tops them all. That's why your Ford dealer wants you to test drive the quiet new V8 engine. It's the type used in America's most expensive cars. He wants you to test drive the magic action of the king-size brakes, which are 35% easier to apply. He wants you to test drive it for the feeling of security, of its lifeguard body, and the comfort and spaciousness of its midship ride. He wants you to test drive it for the Ford feel, which is a revelation of driving ease and pleasure. If you don't know your Ford dealer personally, you'll find his name in your classified phone book. Even a 10-minute test drive of the 50 Ford will open your eyes. You'll discover there is one fine car in the low-price field, and only one, the 50 Ford. And now back to tonight's story, Pursuit of the Tall Man. A man engaged in crime is usually consistent in his actions. He will perform the same crime in the same manner again and again. And in pursuing the criminal, the assumption of this fact is the hunter's base of operation. So, on a rainy afternoon in London, the last words of a dying man described his killer. They describe a million men living in metropolitan London. They describe 500 with criminal records. They describe 22 men who could have committed a murder. And in the end, they describe only one man. One certain suspect. Good morning, dearie. You're up in the dark early, aren't you? I'm Inspector Black, Scotland Yard. Oh, uh, what's up now? I'm here to question a man named Jack Cleaver, madam. Which room does he occupy, please? The big fellow. He ain't lived here for more than a year now. He always paid his lodgings on time, not like that dirty little... A forwarding address. No, I'm a sister. Uh, do you know where she can be reached? Letty? Oh, anybody knows where to reach Letty. She's making quite a name for herself around the corner at the Isles Isis Theatre. She calls herself a dancer. But between you and me, I don't think her audience cares much what she does with her feet. You know what I mean. I, uh, I understand what you mean. Good morning. <laughs> Yet. Oh. Who are you? I'm Inspector Black, Scotland Yard. May I come in for a moment, please? Oh, so, so. You are Letty Cleaver. What of it? Sister to Jack Cleaver. And what of that? We wish to question your brother in connection with a series of robberies. It's no good you asking me about Jack. It will be easier for him if you tell us where we can find him. Why should I tell you anything? When all you've ever done is found him until he had to leave the country. You want to know where he is? All right, I'll tell you where he is. Here. 
This letter will tell you. He's dead. That's where he is. Cost his life out in Paris two months ago. You and your dirty rotten prison sort of that. He's dead. I'm sorry, miss. Very sorry. <laughs> The cable was sent to Paris, and the French officials of the Charité confirmed the information. Jack Cleaver was dead. So, somewhere in our pursuit, there had been a side turning that we had missed. The next morning, we started the tedious process of retracing our path. It was Sergeant Moffat searching through the files and papers of the deceased who came across a detail which had been overlooked. Two weeks before his murder, Jason had discharged a clerk named King Kane. As Moffitt put it, it had occurred to him that this detail might shed some light. As it turned out, it did. Why do you want to question me? Why, I've never done a dishonest thing in my life. Ask anyone. I'm sure of that, Mr. Kingshead. Uh, tell me, sir, how long had you worked in Jason's jewelry shop before you were discharged? Better than four years, it was. My discharge two weeks ago came as a great shock, I must say. Yes. During the last few months, did you notice any persons other than regular customers who frequented the shop? Why, no, sir. That is, except in his wife, and I suppose she had good reason. What do you mean by that? Well, I hesitate to mention it, but poor Mrs. Jason. She had good reason to keep an eye on him. <clears throat> uh, another lady, Mr. Kincaid? Well, in a manner of speaking, a woman. What did she look like? Oh, I'm not in the habit of looking at strange women, Inspector Black. I'm a happily married man. Oh, she was pretty and blonde, quite tall, well-formed, you might say. Would you know her if you saw her again? I should smile. Do you know her name? No, sir, I don't. To the best of your knowledge, did Mrs. Jason's wife ever see her husband in the company of this lady? <laughs> I should hardly like to say, sir. But I wouldn't be surprised. Thank you. You've been very helpful. I always tell my wife I don't know what to do. You can understand, Inspector, that it's not pleasant to admit to a total stranger that my husband was involved with another woman. As I said before, Mrs. Jason, as unpleasant as this must be for you, there are questions that must be answered if we're to find your husband's murderer. I don't know when it started. Perhaps two or three months ago. He changed. Miles was never a very good liar. Perhaps it was my fault. I think I'd forgotten how to be attractive to him. I'm not young. I suppose he saw in her what he once saw in me. Please, Mrs. Jason. I'm sorry. You know, I once saw them together, and she was quite attractive. Her hair was blonde. Not like... not dyed. She wasn't a dowdy, middle-aged woman who... You don't have to tell me any more, Mrs. Jason. And if there's anything I can do, I wish you'd call on me. 
There are times in pursuit when the residue of violence is even more tragic than the violence itself. It is at this point in pursuit when I find that I neither respect myself nor find satisfaction in my job. aware, Inspector, that you did not ask me here to speak of frivolities. As a matter of fact, sir, in a way, I did. Had you, in the weeks previous to the robbery, met a blonde woman, rather tall, and I gather, quite striking? Look here, sir. Then you did. I, uh, I consider that an extremely impertinent question. Can you give me her name, Mr. McIntosh? Well, I see no reason. This is official, sir. I must insist. Uh, uh, very well. Sylvia. Sylvia Pemberton. She'd come into my shop at tea time or at supper. It meant nothing. I stopped seeing her when I saw her with him. With whom, sir? Uh, the fellow me lad in your office. Paxton? I, I, that's the one. I said to myself when I saw she had another on the string. Hell, there's no hope for an old bloater like myself. So that was the last I saw of her. Do you still have her address? Uh, I never did. Oh. Well, possibly Mr. Huxton had better for You uh, just caught me in time, Inspector. I, I was about to close up. I shall be very brief, sir. Do you know a lady who calls herself Sylvia Pemberton? I'm afraid not. Yeah. Should I? Uh, blonde, rather tall, attractive. Oh, my dear fellow, such a description could fit any number of my customers. Uh, she would not be a customer, Mr. Axton. Uh, what are you driving at? Uh, I'm a married man. I am aware of that, sir. Well, I haven't the remotest idea of what you're talking about. I must remind you that in view of Mr. McIntosh's statement in my office... Uh, you mean the resemblance between... I see you follow me. I could ask you to come along with me. Well, there is a girl. Rita Wentworth. I met her some three months ago. She is as you pictured her, but... Rita couldn't be implicated. That is what Mr. McIntosh thought about Sylvia Pemberton... Or Rita Wentworth. Oh, I, I can't believe this. You, 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 you mean that she's the man's accomplice? Possibly, Mr. Huxton, quite possibly. And now, perhaps you'll be good enough to tell me where I can find your Miss Wentworth. Oh, because she's a dancer. Little theater, the Isis. Oh, yes, I know where it is. Uh, may I use your telephone? Uh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, please, please do. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, uh, Moffat, would you be good enough to see that Mr. McIntosh meets Mr. Huxton and myself at the stage door of the Isis Theater about 8 o'clock? Good man. Oh, oh uh, Moffat, uh, if you think of it, bring my galoshes, will you? <laughs> Thank you. Now, sir. Oh, thank you, Moffat. Uh, this way, gentlemen. There you are, Mr. McIntosh. Can you identify her? I, 
That's her, all right. That's Sylvia. Uh, Mr. Huxton, you know her as Rita Wentworth? Yes, her. I've been a bloody fool, Inspector. I only hope it's not too late for me to recover my goods. I imagine you will, sir. It's unfortunate, however, that it's too late for Mr. Jason to recover his life. Well, gentlemen, I think we might as well wait for the lady in her dressing room. Sit down. It may be a few moments. Uh, Mr. Huxton? I, I'd rather stand. As you like. Uh, Molly, have a look around, will you? Yes, sir. Here, sir. Find something, Muffet? I think so, sir. Good show, Muffet. See what else we need again. Mr. McIntosh, have you ever seen these before? Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm not sure. The overcoat seems to be the right length. He was very tall. And the hat? It was black. Yes, I think it might be the one that he... And uh... you, Mr. Huxton, is this coat and hat familiar? Well, I... I, I, I don't know. Well, during the robbery, I, I was so upset, I didn't notice what, what, what about this, sir. And so that's it. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I think we've found our man. Or should I say, woman. Woman? Yes, woman. These shoes, gentlemen, are theatrical ribs. Note the heels. And they're built up inside. They would increase one's height some four inches. Now, I want you to picture Letty Cleaver, alias Sylvia Pendleton, alias Rita Wentworth, dressed in the clothes you identified, wearing these lips. Why, good Lord. Of course. Cleaver. Why, then that's the name of the man we identified in your office. His sister. Exactly. Letty Cleaver. She's our tall man. Oh, Doctor. Yes, miss. Letty Cleaver, I am placing you under arrest for the murder of Mr. Miles Jason. And I must warn you that anything you may say will be taken down and given in evidence. The criminal is like the animal. His reaction to capture may be fury or sickness or docility. Miss Letty Cleaver was docile. Pursuit. And the pursuit is ended. Welcome back. This would be the first, uh, last episode where the naming scheme uh, was not um, in effect. But after this, every episode would include uh, the title uh, Pursuit, either in or of, um, uh, except for a couple during the, the Summer Replacement series. Um because they, I think that does add something to it in terms of the rhythm. Uh, in terms of the missing episodes, the one, uh, there were a total of eight or seven missing episodes. The Double Face Killer, The Veiled Hat, The Tears, Tears of Siva, Pattern for Homicide, Death is a Memory, Murder is the Cargo, and The Five Pound Killer. Uh, so we missed uh, quite a few 
And, uh, we only, of the, uh, tw- 29 that were done with, uh, uh, Ted DeCorsia in the role, uh, we actually only have four. So, all right. Well, uh, that will actually do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with Pat Novak for hire. And then join us back here, uh, on Monday for another episode of Pursuit. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.